Hello and welcome to the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, where we share the legacy of women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You'll get to know the faithful women who shaped our past and hear from inspiring women of faith today. I'm Carly Guyman. And I'm Shailen Back. We're your co-hosts. Today, we're especially excited to welcome Sister Vicki Jackman, a member of the Young Women General Board, to the podcast. Welcome, Sister Jackman. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, and it's already been fun to chat with you beforehand. We made a really fun connection with our editor and Sister Jackman's husband. They served together the on their mission. mission, the England-London mission. We won't give any ages or numbers, but a while ago. <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> and it was fun to make that connection. And we just also wanted to say that Sister Jackman was called on the Young Woman General Board in September of 2018. And just before that, she had gone back to the England-London mission with her husband to serve with the young single young adults there. Adults. Uh-huh. So we've had so much to talk about, and it's been mm-hmm. so fun. So I'm excited for our listeners to just hear more about you and your experiences. So we're just so excited to have you. Well, this is great. I am just honored to be here. And we're excited to get to know you and get to know the experiences that you've had in your life that have prepared you and led you to where you are now. And in a story you shared in a church news series called Women of Covenant that we can link to as well, you described that you felt a little bit inadequate when you were called (laughs) to this calling. And you said, how does an ordinary run-of-the-mill girl from a fruit farm in Brigham City, Utah, so a small town in northern Utah, Uh qualify to even be in this calling in the church? Um, I loved that. Yeah. (laughs) It was so descriptive. (laughs) Yeah. I think many people can relate to this feeling, not necessarily being called to be a board member or in a general calling, but feeling inadequate. So tell us more about your experience and how you overcame those feelings of inadequacy and and worked through those. (laughs) How I'm still trying to overcome those feelings of inadequacy. I just talked to a friend the other day, and she said, I'm just finally getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I think I shared that with you. Anyway, this has been an amazing experience for me. As I've thought about this, I just thought, what have I got to offer? I just felt that the Lord would help me, and each assignment I've been given has given me an opportunity to learn how to feel adequate. I remember one experience I had. I had been put on the technology committee. And if you know me, technology is not my thing. (laughs) In fact, I got on that committee and my husband laughed. He said, they put you on that committee? (laughs) But, you know, it was because of that I've learned how to rely on the Savior. And I remember coming home from a meeting. The presidency had gone through all of these things they wanted to do. And I just got home and I thought, I didn't even understand half the words they were using. And I just was overwhelmed, but I prayed that the Lord would help me. And during the night, I just woke up about four. I finding that in this calling, four o'clock is my golden hour, I think. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> no, when, when I feel inspiration or ideas and things. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, how can I do this? And just the thought came to my head, this is not about you, it's about me. And it was one of those moments where I felt like, that's right. This is the Savior's church. This is not mine. And he will make me able to do this. When I got up in the morning, I didn't know any more than I did the night before, but I felt at peace and felt like he can make me equal to this task. And I found with every assignment that I've had, if it's writing an article, if it's doing technology over Zoom, that's been a big step for me too. <laughs> Learning curve for a yes, lot of us. <laughs> exactly. I just felt that 
each time, I just have felt the peace of the Spirit, that the Savior's got my back. I just felt like the Savior is there for me, and I've been given hard assignments, and I am grateful for those now because it's made me rely on Heavenly Father and realize that this isn't about me. It's about Him. And I think, too, that oftentimes we approach these spiritual assignments in the church the way we would a work assignment or something else where it does require some previous knowledge and some prerequisites. And you've reminded us that what he asks for is a willing heart. As we trust in him and rely on him, then there is a promise that he'll help us and be with us in our inadequacies. And I think that's such a beautiful reminder what you've shared. I love that, Carly, what you said. It reminds me of Nephi in the Book of Mormon when the Lord commanded him to build a ship. And he had no experience building a ship. But the first thing he said is, where can I find ore to make the tools? I'm sure he made tools or was familiar with those. And so he knew, okay, I can at least start there. Start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found with me. If I have an assignment that seems a little bit overwhelming, I just realize that I have to go to work and build. Just go to work. Sit down at my computer and start typing or Start like Nephi, what I do know, like you mentioned. And then as I start, then that's when the ideas come. That's when I'm directed to ask someone for help. Mm -hmm. That's when I know to call somebody that can help me. And the Lord takes care of me. Mm -hmm. But I have to start. Kind of take some steps. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like Nephi, you know, okay, here's a ship. But I need tools first. Yes, yeah. I just love that description. Sometimes our tools are using resources of asking questions of the people around us. And Mm -hmm. that can be a simple way to start. And I love when that happens, when people come to mind of like, oh, they know something about this. Let me ask them to utilize and reach out to the people around us. And especially probably for you and a calling, you have fellow board members and presidency members and other people that you can lean on and rely on. Somebody described, I don't know if it was Sister Beck or somebody when she was in her calling, said, I feel like I'm riding 70 miles an hour down the freeway and they're asking me to change the tire. You know, so it's just, (laughs) it's just kind of, okay, I got to breathe. I got to think through this first. And sometimes in life, we can't see what is at the end. And I think we have to learn to just step, take one step and start. And then the Lord helps us along the way. I think that's what I've learned from this calling most of all, is I just have to take the effort to step, and then he makes up the difference. It's awesome. I'm so grateful, and I'm also very emotional. You'll know that about me. (laughs) Well, it is awesome. You mentioned this is awesome, and it is, especially right now, we're in the midst of a global pandemic, and it's like things can be so overwhelming to the point of feeling crushing, and instead of moving forward, you just kind of want to stop stop, and go inside yourself sometimes. It's like if we just make that little effort, I feel like the Lord really does magnify that. And He just recognizes what we're trying to do, and He can help push us forward because it is things about our life can be so overwhelming. And I just really appreciate you sharing this about your experience with your calling. And it can. And I just, you know, I've even had when they put me on this other technology thing that I'm doing now, I just feel like I bet the Lord is just laughing. (laughs) We'll get her. (laughs) I think he's got a sense of humor, and I sure have to have one. (laughs) But thank you for your comments as well. Oh, of course. Well, Sister Jackman, in one of our previous conversations, you said that women tend to question their worth. And so I've been thinking about that since we talked. 
just about how in addition to inadequacies we may feel with our callings, similar to how you've described, we have feelings of inadequacies in general. You know, maybe in receiving revelation, we feel inadequate in that or feeling like we don't have much to offer by way of our time and talents. And we might feel like we're not a good spouse or a good parent. And these feelings can certainly contribute to us then questioning our worth and our value when we just feel like we aren't enough. We're not doing enough or we just aren't enough. And I just want to know from your perspective, what encouragement or advice would you give to women who are struggling to see their value? Wow, that is a really good question, and I've struggled with that. I think as women particularly, all of us struggle with that from time to time. I remember raising children thinking, I am not enough. I don't know how to do this. I didn't receive instructions on their foot when they were born, and I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Maybe it's an age thing. As you grow older, and I go back, it's not so much about me. It's about the Savior, and He can help us in any aspect of our life. I had a grandmother— Martha Glauser, she came over from Switzerland when she was 13 years old. She couldn't speak English. She spoke Swiss German. She came over to clean a lady's house, and she was so shy and so timid that when they'd ask her if she wanted something to eat, she was starving, but she was too embarrassed to say, yes, I'm hungry. And she married, and they had eight children and had a wonderful family, but she was always felt like she wasn't very good. And so she never volunteered to do anything like in the church or anything. She was a wonderful mother. But I think she felt like, I'm not equipped to do what a lot of women do. And so she stepped back. And as she got older, she talked to my mother. And she said, whatever you do, don't do that to yourself. Mm -hmm. Step out of your comfort zone a little bit and serve and be willing to do things that are maybe hard for you. She says, I really regret in my life that I didn't do that. Anyway, the thing that I learned about this wonderful woman is she gave my dad a love of the scriptures. At night, she would tell him stories, scripture stories, in a little stove in their kitchen, and she would tell him scripture stories from the Bible, and my dad loved that. My dad shared that with me. My dad is a scriptorian. He loves the scriptures, and he shared that with me. Now, this is a grandmother who felt like she never did anything, but look what she's done to her posterity. And my children now look back at scripture stories that I've shared with them, and I attribute that to this quiet, shy, timid little grandmother. I think we just have to quit comparing ourselves, first of all, to everybody else, and thinking that I have to have a big calling in the church to validate my worth. I think we can validate our worth every day by being kind to a child, stopping to say hello to a neighbor. The little things that often we think, well, I'm not saving the world. I'm not making some impact on the world. But it's the little things that we do every day. And if we pray every day and ask Heavenly Father to be His hands that day, I've experienced that those happen. And at the end of the day, I go, okay, what did I do? Well, I gave that child a hug. I did awesome today. I think we have to self-talk a lot, too, and say, I am of value I love that legacy that you shared about your grandma because she just probably had no idea, you know, and then that's something that has been really meaningful for generations that she was able to 
pass on. And I'm just having a couple of thoughts recently. My daughter, um, one of her primary teachers, was just saying some really nice things to her. And she was like, I'm so embarrassed. I was like, you don't need to be embarrassed you know, when people say kind things about you because they're true. And I was just oh, trying true. to talk her through that a little bit. And I'm just reminded of a conversation we had on a previous episode of the podcast with Sister Jennifer Free, where she made the invitation or suggestion to pray and ask Heavenly Father for validations of things that you're doing well and things that you're doing right. And I just thought that was such an incredible way to kind of shift your perspective and to ask for something so good that can help you really know your value. And it can be these really small things and very simple things that we do every day that can just help us know that we are truly contributing and making a positive difference. I love that. And going back to a statement you made, Shailene, about when people give us a compliment, and this is something I've had to learn, is you think, well, I have to be humble, so I can't say, well, thank you. But people offer it genuinely, and I think it's so important as women that we take it genuinely. And instead of, oh, not really, I'm just terrible at this or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, no, I think, and this is something I'm still trying to learn, is thank you. That was very kind. Mm -hmm. And what does that do to the person that gives a compliment that validates them? Mm -hmm. And I love that. Well, I'm just thinking about it to your experience with technology and trying to figure so much out that so much has been put on you this year. You can just say, you know, thank you. I've been working really hard. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, what's wrong with saying that? There's nothing yeah. wrong with saying that. And Good point. Right, yeah, it's yeah. something that you have worked hard on. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and what I was thinking of as you shared the story of your grandma, I think Sometimes we think that value is something big or something significant. I think you mentioned comparison, and I think we get online and we see what other people are doing that seems like much more important and much more valuable than the small, simple, consistent things that we're doing. But it is interesting to stop and think about what really is valuable? What really is lasting? And I do think that's the beauty of the gospel is that we have a guide and we have the scriptures and prophets that tell us these are the things that really matter and the things that are truly lasting. And do these things and you will have an impact. You will be making a difference. Absolutely. And I think we're such a media-saturated society. And the only ones that are on the media are those that do grandiose things. Or, oh, look at him, and they did this huge thing. And so I think we look at that saying, well, that's the only way that I am of value to the world mm -hmm. is if I do something notable that's on the mm -hmm. front page. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way Satan is clever that way. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, it is the small things that we do. And, I, and maybe this pandemic has been kind of a good time for us to reassess. It's made us be in our homes and kind of what is really important and what is meaningful to me. Great, great comment. Thanks, Carly. Mm -hmm. And we came across a really beautiful analogy that you shared in another church news article called Most Influential Teachers, A Life Woven with Threads of Testimony. And this was about your life. You said being like a fine piece of fabric that consisted of people and experiences that added strength and luster. And you said, my life has been woven with threads of testimony by ordinary committed Latter-day Saints who taught me that God lives and cares about me. Because they loved and cared about me, I felt the love and care of Heavenly Father and His perfect Son. And what a great example of just small and simple actions and expressions of love from other people. That by have, ordinary people. Yeah, I by ordinary that. people. Yes. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's easier for us to see ways that other people have influenced us throughout our lives than to think of the influence that we can have on others. So how can we be that person who helps others feel the love of God and Jesus Christ through how we treat them? And how do we make that a focus without becoming overwhelmed? That's the tricky part. I think King Benjamin said, don't run faster than needful. And my dad is one that has always told that to me, don't run faster than you can. I think if we just pray for a love and an interest of people, you know how you feel when someone calls you by name. Just to say, oh, hi, Shaylin. Hi, Carly. There's something that makes you feel like she knows my name. Definitely. I think that's a big deal. As we learn to know people's names, maybe be interested in people when we stop and talk. Too often, I think we worry about, now, what am I going to say to this person? I don't know them very well. But instead, maybe say, what can I find out about this person? And how is your daughter? And I think people feel validated by that, that you're really interested in them, and they feel of worth. And I guess when I look back at those people that have woven their influence in my life, it's those people I feel that they've just taken an interest in me. Mm -hmm. And I feel that we can do that. I got great insight from Sister Bednar. Elder Bednar shared this when she goes to church and pray that she would listen to the Spirit. Is there anyone in this congregation today that might need a lift? And I've tried to do that. And it's amazing what the Spirit tells you. You'll see someone, and that's just who you needed to talk to that day. And I have found that it builds a connection between you and this friend, and you've made a best friend. It's not a check-the-box it's a get up in the morning, and I find that this has helped me so much, is have my own quiet, holy time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a lot of little children, that's not always easy. So it's you have 4 to... 4 a.m. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, my problem is now I wake up. I, I can't sleep. No, but even when I had those six children, it was hard. I found that if I'd get up even a half hour earlier than I thought they would get up, that would give me quiet time to just pray and study my scriptures, even if maybe it ended up 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I felt that gave me a feeling of the Spirit. And, you know, who can I help today? Help me to know who I can reach out to. And it's not like you're checking a list. It's just, it happens. It's sort of a way of living almost more than just adding it to your to-do list for the day. And then it's encouraging when it does come and you do act on it and you're like, Okay, oh, I can do that. I can Every do day. that. You really can do it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and they don't have to be huge, big things. Mm-hmm. I, I've got this wonderful friend that I'm her ministering sister, and I just adore her. We've just gotten to be so close because we've talked a lot, and I learned a lot about her. Well, it was her birthday. She's a corporate woman. She's amazing. It was her birthday, and she wasn't there, so I just wanted to drop something off, and then I called her later. I went to just get her some cake or fun treat. And I went to the store, and there was a whole menagerie of things. And I said, oh, let me, I'm going to do the carrot cake. So I got it in a little thing, put a ribbon on it, and dropped it off to her husband. And I called her later to wish her happy birthday. And sorry we missed her. And she said, you know, I love carrot cake. How did you know? <laughs> I said, I didn't. But Heavenly Father knows. Mm-hmm. See, and it's something I think that the Lord will inspire us on those little things. And they don't have to be huge. Mm-hmm. I think we make our lives so complicated that it takes the joy out of life. Mm-hmm. I just think joy can come in simple little things. My mom is so good at this. Just as you're talking, I'm just thinking of my mom because I think she would say that she's 
an ordinary person, just like a very ordinary person. Which I am. Which Please is, know that. Right. Yes. I know. And that's, but that's how we all feel. But we don't necessarily perceive others that way. Right. You know? Right. But when she goes to the grocery store, she'll get the flowers that have been discounted. She'll buy like one or two Aww. extra bouquets. And she'll very specifically pray to know who could use those flowers. And she has Aww. just had the most incredible experiences of people being like, it's my birthday, actually, oh, or, you know, so just sweet. little things that um, mm-hmm. they've had a hard day or something. And I have just been so amazed by how simple those things are that have been so impactful to her friends and, and neighbors. And it just takes mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah, it does. And I think sometimes we compare thinking, well, because they did that and I didn't do that. Well, I'm not very good. I'm not as good as she is. And then that's where this comparison comes. Mm-hmm. And I just think we have to be our own person. Yes. And yeah. be, be happy in our own skin. And haven't you met people like that? They don't excuse themselves. They're doing the best they can. And maybe they've got warts and varicose veins like all of us do, <laughs> you know? And yet we just do the best we can. Well, and I think what's so beautiful is we all have our own kind of unique gifts and things that we can offer. And some of us Mm -hmm. might feel compelled to pick up extra flowers and others, maybe there's something else that comes naturally or that makes sense for them to do, you know, to reach out. I just like what you said about showing interest for people. And it was interesting just a month or so back when President Nelson invited us to think about the things that we're grateful for. Mm -hmm. And as I thought about people in my life, the person that came to mind was one of my aunts who has just always taken an, you know, we're we're actually pretty close in age. She's my mom's youngest sister. And she's just always taken an interest in me. And when I was a little girl and she was a teenager, she wanted to hang out with me and she'd invite me along to do fun things that were exciting for me as a little girl. And even now, you know, she's the one that is texting me about podcast episodes that she's listening to (laughs) that she likes, you know, and it's just like she has her own busy life and she works and she has kids, but she has taken time throughout her whole life to pay attention to her niece. She's always been there. I've always had my Aunt Stephanie. And I just think that as we show interest, then they they warm up and they trust us. Well, I'm just thinking of Sister Craig's recent conference talk, how she shared a story about being in the grocery store and putting down her phone so she could notice people around her. And she just noticed this older gentleman. She just didn't know what to say, but she's like, I just think this is so funny. I said something incredibly clever, like I see you have a cat. And it just opened up this meaningful interaction. And it's I just keep going back to this. Like it doesn't matter what we say, just that we're trying to show interest yes, and connect. Yes. And it's like the questions may not come out eloquently, but it doesn't matter. So we actually interviewed her on the podcast and she talks a little bit more about that. So for our listeners, if you want to listen to that, it's great. Mm-hmm. But that just reminded me of the interaction that she had that was such a good example. And the thing about Michelle Craig is I've known her for a long time, and she is genuinely that way. She just has eyes to see, and that's one thing I've learned from her and hope that I can develop that gift. Yeah. I, I see that and, and really appreciate that of her. Anyway, thanks yeah, for sharing. Absolutely. Well, Sister Jackman, personally, I love to hear about the assignments and committees that members of the board are involved with, and it's just incredible to me to know about everything that's being done to strengthen members, especially in your case, the youth. Mm -hmm. And we've talked a little bit about how you felt very stretched and especially inadequate at first to have this calling, but we kind of want to know what have you learned about yourself through these assignments and then which ones have you felt prepared for, you know, kind of on the opposite end where you felt like, yeah, this is me. I feel comfortable doing this or, you know, that you've had that knowledge and skill set for. Oh, great questions. 
Well, I'll start with the things that I have loved and I felt very comfortable about. And I feel like that's why I'm here, perhaps, is I love people. And so we've had, before COVID, we had the opportunity of visiting wards. So we could just visit young women's classes and get to know young women. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the interaction and how are you feeling? And, you know, and when we'd go on vacation, we'd make sure we'd visit wards. So we'd visit little tiny branches. And I just treasure these young women that were so open and so kind and shared with me. I loved that. And I loved the trainings. The first training I did, we went up to some wards and some stakes in Idaho, and I was really nervous. But I found that before, and this wasn't virtual, so we were there in person, as I walked through the congregation to just meet and talk to and chat with some of these women, I thought, these are just down-home ordinary women like me, mm-hmm. and I love them. Mm-hmm. It, and then suddenly that fear left, and I just felt like I'm just talking like to you and to friends and to family. I've loved that. I love any interaction we have with the youth. Some challenging ones, you know, technology will always do that. <laughs> but I am learning a lot, and I want you to know that I really feel that the Lord is has helped me with that. So I've learned things that I would never learn. Which is kind of cool. It is. Right? When it you look really back and you're is. like, this really stretched me, but I'm glad that I so had the chance to So what's interesting is to have somebody else call me and say, how do you do this Zoom call? Or how do you do this? And I could tell them. And I just thought, wow, I'm so grateful for that. And I think the Lord wants us to become more than we are. And I think that's how we do it. I've loved, I've had on a curriculum committee, which was fabulous, where we talked about the doctrine we feel the youth need to learn really, really well before they leave young men, young women's. I got to be in charge of the emeritus luncheon and that we did it a way they had never done before. And so we made some mistakes. But just to be in that building and see all of these past heroes of mine, these women that I had such respect and held in such high esteem, Mm -hmm. what an honor it was for me to serve them. And ministering, I'm on a ministering committee that I love to do where we try to find those who need an extra hug, an extra note, and that we pass it on through the presidency. And they are so wonderful in sharing their own personal time with youth that need some extra love. that's really neat. Just some incredible experiences that mm-hmm. way that have been just remarkable. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that how these women that are so busy and yet will take time to make a phone call or write a note to a little gal, one gal. She was a soccer player. She was just proficient, and she was so excited. She's a senior in high school. She had an accident. She fell and tore her ACL, so she was out for her senior season. She was devastated. Sister Corden wrote her a note, and just expressed to her her love and that she, the Lord, loved her and has a plan for her and she can do this. Wow. I don't know exactly what she wrote, but it mm-hmm. was very heartfelt. My daughter is her young women's president, and she said they went to sacrament meeting a month or so after this. She had to, she had to have surgery, and she got up to share her testimony. She said, I was really at a down time in my life because I thought, this is my love, and I can't do it. I don't know if I can play collegiate ball now. I don't know what's going to happen. And she said, I was really discouraged. And she had said, I went to seminary, and they said some things that really helped me. Then I went home, and there was a letter at my house from Sister Corden. And she opened it and read it, and she just wept. She said, how did she know that I needed this today? And so she shared this in her testimony of how— this incredible woman that we all look up to and 
who's an ordinary person like everybody as well, Mm -hmm. took the time to write to her and share her love and her confidence in her. Mm -hmm. The thing that Sister Corden said when I shared this with her, she said that this sweet little gal wrote a letter back to her, thanking her and sharing her love for her. And Sister Corden said, you know what? Savannah's going to be okay. She's a good, strong spirit, and she will be just fine. We've had glorious experiences as we've talked about the new young women theme, as we counsel together. And it's just amazing to me how, as we share as a board, and then the presidency took those thoughts, and then they'd go and work on it. And this wasn't an overnight thing. It took many months. Mm -hmm. I just can't say enough about the way the spirit that works, that moves this work. It's the Lord is in charge. And I just am so grateful to be a part of it in my little way. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorite things when our women leaders speak and they share these stories of young women or adult women or primary children from around the world and the interactions they've had with them. I think it's neat, you know, as board members, you're kind of reaching out maybe and making those connections and helping those to happen so that they can be ministering kind of one-on-one and that individuals can feel their love and concern and and the love of the Savior through them. Oh, you're exactly right. Sister Jackman, President Nelson has really encouraged us lately to learn how to receive revelation. And I love this. I love that we keep getting invitations from him Mm -hmm. to do this and to increase our ability. It's definitely been a theme this past year and in general conference addresses from him. Would you share with us how you have grown in understanding Revelation and how you hear or feel the Lord in your life? Oh, my goodness. That has been a big part of my life, especially these last couple of years while I've served here. Prior to this call, my husband and I, we returned from our mission and we moved to a new ward in stake. And we were excited to serve, and we got some colleagues in the primary. I was so excited. And then <laughs> then after we had been there two months, my husband and I both got a call to come in and talk to the state president. And I said, well, I've got a calling, so it's for you. And, <laughs> and we sat there, and he said, I, can we have a prayer? And the, in his prayer, he said, bless Brother and Sister Jackman that they will accept their callings. <laughs> and he asked me to be the Stake Relief Society president. I knew no one. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I thought, I don't know anybody here. I knew a few in the ward. We had been there a couple months. And that was one of those experiences where I really felt, again, okay, Heavenly Father, I can't do this by myself. And I studied. I did my homework. I called. I talked to some people. And I just went to the Lord and said, I need thy help. I just feel part of my life that's where I hear the Lord most is in my study every morning, my quiet hour where I can pray where it's quiet, and then I can really study my scriptures, the conference talks. That has been such a blessing in my life. And as I did this, those names just came. They did. I don't know how it did, but I knew they were right. Mm -hmm. Then they called me this calling, (laughs) and I served there for a year, and then they called me here. And I thought, well, I think that maybe the Lord knew that I can know how to receive revelation. I had that experience. And when we um, came, Bonnie told us this example. She said, all right, now you've had experiences and things that you've done, but I want you to take all of those and put them in this box, tie a bow around it, and put it up on the shelf. Because now I need you to rely on the Lord for what you do, your assignments you do, articles you write, 
trainings you do, don't rely on what you've done. Don't look at the Pinterest-type things. Okay, well, this worked. I'll try this. At times, she said that might work, and you might pull that box down and see. But most of the time, it's got to be from what the Lord wants you to do right now. And that was just That's a, really inspiring. That was an mm-hmm. inspired, inspired message. And I took that to heart. And I just hear him as I dwell in the scriptures, as I read the conference talks. You know, I can listen to them, but I feel like as I read and study the conference talks, and if you look at the notes of the brethren and the sisters that speak on the back, you, so get, mm-hmm. you get more mm-hmm. f- almost from that than you do the talk. Mm-hmm. And I just have felt like I've heard the voice of the Lord. And if I have a question about something in the sweet, quiet way, the Lord, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I hear His voice, and I know it's from Him. And it usually comes at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> if I have an article to write, I'll wake up. And the ideas, the Spirit can give you ideas that you norm- don't normally have. And I feel that way, but even more in a calling with my family, with my husband, with my children. I pray for them by name every day. I pray for the people that I minister to every day. And I found that as I pray, then I receive promptings to do something that day for that child Mm -hmm. or I need to call them. It's nothing ever like a huge light in the sky. Mm -hmm. It's just a feeling of peace or an idea that comes or a thought I just have such a testimony of personal revelation mm-hmm. in every aspect of our life, you know, and thinking that, oh, I need to do, set up an exercise plan. I need to, you know, in every part, mm-hmm. as socially, intellectually, those four areas that the youth are trying to do, that, mm-hmm. that those are all integrated in our life. And I have such a testimony that the Lord will inspire us in every aspect. I love it. Absolutely. Thank Thank you you so much. Well, and I think a couple things that there really is value in carving out time for our relationship with our Heavenly Father and Savior through prayer and scripture study. And it becomes so trite, like we are not not trite, but you know, it's like primary answers. We know that that's Uh what we're supposed to do, but really evaluating like, am I really making time? And that's why I'm a big morning person. I love the morning too. And so I love carving out that time. But it's interesting too in what you've said that it's not necessarily in that moment that you're getting this flood of instructions for how to live your day, but it's almost like it just sets you up to then throughout the day. You know, it's almost like it creates this peace and it helps you connect and feel like, okay, like I'm starting this off on the right foot and I can rely on help throughout the day. And I just thought that that was maybe something to point out and that it kind of just sets you up. It's not necessarily in the moment. That is perfect. Mm -hmm. Because I think if we pray in the morning of just help me to see, help me to observe, help me to know, and they come in so many funny little ways that you recognize, oh, this is the Lord's helping me now. And mm-hmm. I loved President Irene, and I'm, I'm not as good as he is. That's one area I need to improve on, that he would write in his journal every night, you know, yeah. That, yeah. that write how he saw Observing. the hand of the Lord mm-hmm. that day. And I just think, now, if I did that, I would write this down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I think even to take a minute to pray at night and thank Heavenly Father for those times that you saw his hand mm-hmm. in your life is so enriching. Well, and I think, too, that if it is something that you're doing, you can't necessarily identify 
you know, like because of this time or because of my efforts to connect with God, I am seeing and hearing and feeling his influence. But when you aren't doing those things, then you start to realize like there's something missing here. Yes. And I really need that connection. And that's the beautiful thing is like we can always try and Mm-hmm. start over and, and make an effort anew to reconnect. and Exactly. And some days aren't so good. Uh, you know, I'll be oh, honest. Totally. You, you go through <laughs> and say, well, this was not a really good day. I, you know, <laughs> I've just got to be better tomorrow. I'm just glad this day's over. We'll start anew the next day. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to sisters feeling inadequate is quit beating ourselves up. Okay, I had a bad day, but tomorrow is a brand new day. Mm-hmm. It's like a new sheet of paper I can start all over. Mm-hmm. And if we started out with a prayer and and help us to have this prayer in our heart, and I guess I have to repeat this too, that it goes on every aspect of our life. In school, at work, I feel like you can receive revelation and inspiration. I just remember even in college praying about help me to remember the things that I've studied. And I go to sit down and take a test, and it's like the Urim and Thummim. And I think, (laughs) yes, this is just what I studied. And in a driving test that we had to do in England, I was so scared about that. But I prayed, and the Lord even guided me on what I needed to do for that. He's interested in every aspect Mm -hmm. of our life. And I think we need to remember that. Because he wants us to be successful in whatever yes. it is. He wants us to be happy yes. and to like find fulfillment. He does. And that's evident in the ways that he helps us in all of those aspects, like you're mentioning. Especially when you're on his errand. That's why yeah. I'm like, of yeah. course, he, ne- he needed you to pass that driving test. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had to be mobile on your mission. <laughs> well, I don't know about that one. That was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> But he cares, and he's not there as being one that's just going to strike you out when you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel he's a loving father who just is excited for us to succeed, and even little successes he rejoices in. Well, Sister Jackman, just to conclude, we want to know if there's anything else you would like to share with the women of the church and the listeners of our podcast. Oh, I will share this. I woke up this morning thinking about this, is I think the thing that I've learned is— I thought of Joshua and how he was called to lead the people, the children of Israel, across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. They had the Ark of the Covenant, and they had to cross this river. They could have waited there for the river to open up, but it wasn't until they put their foot in the water that it opened. And I think the thing that I would tell the women of the world of the church is the Lord cares about us. He wants us to achieve celestial life with Him. And he's our number one cheerleader, and he's waiting for us and calling to us, and the Savior is just reaching out to us. And I think sometimes we want to know, okay, well, I can't do this until I know for sure how to do it all. Or, you know, I've got to have my life planned, and as women, we tend to be this way. I have to have everything planned out the way I want it, but it's the Lord's plan. And if we just put our foot in the water and rely on the Savior and our Heavenly Father, it will open up. Will we have hard days and hard times? Absolutely. But I found that in some of those struggles and in those difficulties, that's where I've grown the most because I've had to rely on the Savior. And just keep trying. Keep going through the warts and the varicose veins and the <laughs> imperfections and just don't ever give up. Just keep trying. And that's how we will find success is we just never give up. We keep trying. Sister Jackman, thank you so much 
that's all that you have shared has been so encouraging and so validating. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just so grateful that you would be willing to join us and, and share what's on your mind and, and in your heart. You have been wonderful. Thank you. You have wisdom beyond your years. You're just young. <laughs> well, it's just because we get to sit and talk with all these wise women. <laughs> We're just slowly learning from them, from you. So you thank have you wisdom so much. Way above your years. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. If you're enjoying hearing these stories and experiences of the incredible women that we have on this show, we'd love to hear from you. Carly and I read all of your reviews and emails. Please take a moment to leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you get your podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Saints Channel app, everywhere you listen. And feel free to reach out to us at podcast at churchofjesuschrist.org. Until next time, I'm Shailen Back. And I'm Carly Guyman. Thanks for listening.